This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. So fun. Well, hey, like, like, like Diva said, my name's Joel, and I'm here with my family. This is my wife, Christy, sitting here in the front, and our oldest daughter, Indiana. We are, we are Californians who have been exiled to Canada for the last six and a half years, uh, chasing this crazy dream God has had for us. We also have another daughter, Brooklyn. We have no idea where she is right now, so she's just half having some fun. This is great. Uh, it's, it's been a fun journey for us the last part of this year, just kind of figuring out, God, what do you have next? Is we just felt him stirring us something new and connecting with the leadership team and new life. And I'm mean, like, almost from day one, the conversation we had on our first phone call, there was just like, God, Yes. What, what this church is about, this is what our heart is about. And so it's fun. And so we're here to, to figure out if, if God's bringing our futures together. And so I get the privilege of kicking off this new series in our time together today. And we're looking at this idea of being peacemakers. Uh, and it's kind of like, Anderson, it's kind of like we want to do a how-to guide for the holidays. Because uh, I, I don't know, like, like in your journey or your story, like it's nice when someone shows you how to do something. So when the holidays come, I think of all sorts of fun things that we get to be a part of, like presents and food and all this good stuff. Like for me, I had an eggnog latte at Starbucks the other day. It was so I tried to make that on my own once. It did not go well because there's a low margin of error with eggnog. So you can mess that up. You know what else has a low margin of error? Deep frying a turkey. My dad and my brother and I set a lawn on fire that had snow on it. So we've got skills. We've got skills. And so it's, it's helpful if you have a how-to guide to help you navigate certain things. So, so I don't know what comes to mind for you when you think of the holidays and all the, the good stuff that's there. But a lot of times for me, there's this feeling that starts to grow somewhere here as I think of the holidays that I'm about to step into. And it's just this sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach because I know they're going to be there. They're going to be a part of this thing. And not some random stranger, but people that have been a part of my life, people that I've been close to. And, and I'm just like, I don't know how to do this another year with them. And so often it's just this, this, this conflict that's going on within me, getting ready to gear up and bracing for what's supposed to be a really fun time. And so much of the challenge is realizing, like, I'm going to sit at the same table with them. Or I'm going to figure out how to coordinate schedules with some of these people so they don't have to be around each other at the same time. And I'm trying to coordinate my schedule to not be with them as well as we're working through all this. And, and I don't know, like, do you have people like that in your life? Yeah, like it, it, it's hard. And, and I, I want you to know there's hope. There's hope for us when it comes to this thing that we're trying to figure out, that feeling we get in our stomach with the relationships in our lives. And, and the reason there's hope is as we roll into this season, this is when we celebrate the coming of this guy we call the Prince of Peace. This person, Jesus. And we call him the Prince of Peace because that's what Jesus said he was going to give to us. I mean, listen to what Jesus says that he came to do for us. Jesus says that I leave the gift of peace with you. Like my peace, he says. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. And so then he says, so don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. 
It's like what Jesus is saying is like, I, I have something for you if you want it. I have this incredible gift of my peace in your life. And, and if you let me come into your story, I want to bring some good stuff. And the stuff that I want to bring, it's going to actually help you face whatever's coming down your road. It will give you courage to do it because you're not alone in the story anymore. I'm a part of the story with you. And it's so great when we realize, okay, I don't have to figure this out on my own. That, that this, this guy wants to step into my life and help me with that. And, and the amazing thing about Jesus is he didn't come just to bring his peace into our lives or our stories. He also came to call us into working for peace in our relationships. That, that Jesus actually said that one of the ways we would experience what he calls a blessed life is when we choose to work for peace. Because look at what he says again in another, another part of his, his life and teachings that we have in our Bible, Matthew 5, 9. Jesus says this. He says that God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And it's this invitation that he has for us to, to take this incredible gift that he's giving to us, that he's experiencing for us. And we're going to use this now. Because uh, I wasn't speaking from the diaphragm enough, so it's all good. <laughs> Love it. There we go. All right, so are we good? Did you miss everything I just said? Is that what happened? Yeah. Like, like Jesus and love and stuff? So, okay, all right. So, so yeah. So, so a lot of what he's trying to do in our stories is to get us to work for this thing called peace. Now, I've got to find myself. We're all good. We're going to figure this out. Um, Hey, hey, yeah, love that. Welcome to new life. We're figuring it out together. You know, and, and I think when Jesus calls us to work for peace, what, what he's not saying is, hey, I, I don't mean impose peace on someone else. As if, like, take, take this good thing I've given you and then shove it down someone's throat. Like, we will get along. Like, because that, that's actually not peacemaking. That's called peacekeeping. And that's not what Jesus is talking about. Pe- peacekeeping is what parents do when you've got to get the kids to stop fighting, like, wild animals, right? Or that's what the police do to help keep us safe. You know, when, like, when we get in a scrap and they come in and they're like, you need to stop. And if we don't listen, they have this cool taser. Like, and they just, then you drop. Like, that's peacekeeping. And that's, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying, like, hey, get a taser and just knock everyone out. And then you're a blessed peacekeeper. No, like, like he's talking about being a peacemaker. And that's using this incredible gift of what he's putting into our life and learning how to share what we're experiencing from him in our relationships with others. And here's some really good news. You don't have to be good at this to start working for it. You could just be like, I don't have a clue how to do this. And, and yet, if you will lean in and, and let Jesus work in your life and in your story, he's really good at helping people like us figure it out. And he'll help us, help us get into this, this ability to have peace in our lives if we're willing to let him work in our story. And, and that's really good news because when we talk about this idea of peace— we're going to need it because we all experience this thing, like Diva was sharing just a few moments ago. We all experience this thing called conflict in life. Like anyone have conflict in any relationship in your life or story ever? Yeah. Like two hands up, right? Up. Yeah. Like, come on, be honest. How many of you have conflict in your relationships? Yeah. Look around. Just look around. You're normal. You're normal. Like conflict is a part of life. Because we live in a very broken world. And if we're going to be really honest, there's brokenness in our stories. And you know what happens when you take broken people and you put them in relationship together and say, figure it out? Sparks. 
Like conflict happens. It's a part of the reality of life. And, and, and yet where we get in trouble in our relationships is when we get stuck in our conflict. Like the re- reoccurring things keep happening. I get stuck in the same relational relationship dynamics and I just I don't know how to figure it out and do that. One of the, the, the toughest relationship comics I ever had was with my best friend when we graduated high school and we were going to be college roommates and it was going to be awesome because we were going to be like kings of the school and it was great until we had to live in a 10 by 10 room. And then I just did not know what to do with this guy. He stole my last clean pair of underwear <laughs> one day. Like who does that? Like, like, first of all, you don't share that anyways, but why would you take the last pair? And, and I just remember just being so frustrated with my friend Andy. And, like, I love this guy. We were, like, best friends. But I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to fix this, this, this dynamic that we were in. Yeah, do your laundry. Yeah, solutions. <laughs> if I don't have any tips for you, we got some help right here. So he will, he will come. He will solve it. <laughs> But what do, you, what do you do when conflict shows up in your life? Because I'll tell you, I hate conflict. I was, I was tapping my nose to Diva's question earlier. I, I hate conflict. Like when conflict shows up in my story, when conflict starts brewing, I'm like, bye bye I'm out. Like I, I'd rather dive out than dive in. How, how many of you, that's the case, right? Yeah. But how many of you, like you're the opposite of that? Like Alex, not yet. Just hold on. Hold on, Alex. On the slides. Yeah, there we go. Uh, how many of you the opposite of that? You're like, no, no, no. When there's conflict, you're like, Bring it on. Like, you, you want to go? Let's go. Come at me, bro. Like, that's, that's, how you, that's how you handle conflict, right? Yeah, I see some elbows out there. Yeah, you're going to have a fun talk later. <laughs> what happens when we start to bring those dynamics together? What happens when we start to do the mathematics of conflict and you start adding those together? So if you're, if you're somebody like me and you're like, bye-bye, what happens when you add bye-bye with bye-bye? You get a whole lot of this. You get a whole lot of bailing going on in the relationship. Have you ever had that with a friend or someone? Like, the interesting thing about that dynamic is you, you'll get close to each other, but as soon as it gets scary, you're like, bye-bye. <laughs> and you can go through life with someone like that and never really going very deep because of that dynamic. What happens when you bring bye-bye and bring it on together? What kind of math equation do you get with that? When you add those two together, you get a whole lot of bruising in the relationship. Because you have one person who's like, I'm out, I'm out. And the other person, maybe not even being mean or aggressive, like, come on, let's solve this. And they're chasing that person around and, and someone gets hurt. Because that's what happens. And then what happens when bring it on meets bring it on? You add those two together, you get booming. Now, I, I love it when I have friends that are like that because I'm like, get the popcorn, let's watch this. <laughs> but man, that, like, like, there, there's this challenge that we face with that. And I, and I think, like, if we were just to be really honest, we've all experienced that in one way or another in our relationships, haven't we? I mean, we've all experienced bailing. We've all experienced booming. How many of you have bruises right now because of conflict in your life? And I'm not proud of the fact that there are people who have bruises because of me in their life. And I think we've all experienced the struggle and the challenge of doing life like this. And, and, and it leads to a lot of hurt. It leads to a lot of blaming. It leads to a lot of fear in our relationships. And here's what I think can be true about conflict. Like conflict doesn't have to be a bad thing in and of itself. 
Like, like conflict can actually be something that we can learn to navigate if we, we figure out how to do the math a little bit better. That this might actually be a way to go deeper in some of our relationships or to, to break through new, new things. It, it's, it's fun when my girls are at in the stage in life in school, so they're learning things and they're coming home and they're, they're trying to ha- ask for help sometimes with doing math. And they're learning math in a very weird way. Like, I'm trying to understand this new math, and I'm like, that's not how we did it, and, and it's confusing, and I'm like, no, 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 two plus two is four. What are you talking about? And, and I had the privilege of actually talking to a math teacher once, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Because it makes no sense. And the, and the teacher actually was very patient with me and said, one of the things that we're trying to do with the new math is to teach strategies that help them figure out the problems. And I think, well, what if there are strategies we can learn to help us do mathematics a conflict a little bit different like what if conflict can actually be an opportunity for breakthrough in our relationships as we learn to respond in different ways and helpful ways as we learn to work for peace with each other like what if we're not stuck with just bye-bye and bring it on but there are other things that we can do and so in, in this in the scriptures that we have there's there's the section of wisdom literature like this treasure trove of wisdom literature we have in, in one of the books in our Bible called the Proverbs. And so I don't know how familiar you are with, with the Bible or not, but like, there's different parts in our Bible. And, and the Proverbs are like these short sound bites of just these wisdom bombs about how life could work. It's kind of like the original Twitter before Twitter went political. That's what, that's what like the Proverbs are like if you grab onto these things. And, and in the Proverbs, we've got these great principles. They're not absolute promises, but they're like principles of how life can work if we'll, if we'll adopt them. And they'll actually help us adapt to living life much better. And so in Proverbs chapter 3, there's the principle of wisdom that if we can grab onto, might help us to do the math of conflict a little bit differently. So this is what Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says. It says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. I mean, tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. And then you will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. And there's some good stuff there. But maybe you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, but what on earth does that have to do with conflict in my relationships? What does that have to do with like working for peace with people that I know in my life and in my story? And, and, and it actually has a lot to do with it. Because I think if we can learn to bring these things into the equation we can begin to actually work for peace in our relationships a whole lot better. And that loyalty and kindness can actually have a powerful effect on our relationships and shape our ability in bringing peace wherever we go. And, and so let, let's unpack this a little bit. Let's talk about these two things, this, this, these ideas of loyalty and kindness and how those can play out in our life and in our relationships. And so when we talk about the idea of loyalty, loyalty is all about this idea of commitment, in life. Loyalty is all about your commitment to the relationship and your commitment to the other person. And, and so when loyalty is a part of the equation, loyalty is about committing to the fight as we learn how to fight for something better. How to fight for this thing called peace in our relationships. And let me tell you, loyalty is so important because loyalty actually speaks to one of our greatest fears in any meaningful relationship and that's the fear of abandonment that's the fear that that this conflict will break the relationship and this person is going to walk out on me 
And I don't know how many of you have experienced that. I mean, some of us, that, that's what our parents showed us. That's why we're so afraid of conflict, because we're terrified that this will break something that we can't fix. And the reason loyalty is so powerful for willing to bring it into the equation is that it helps bring stability to our relationships. Because the minute conflict surfaces, what, what happens is it begins to f- cause this feeling of destability, destabilizing the relationship. Years ago, I went to Universal Studios Hollywood, and I got to walk into this exhibit that doesn't exist anymore, but it was the Backdraft Experience. Remember the movie Backdraft? Yeah, some of you just lived it, right? Like, like it's just like one of those things. So, so we got to walk in, and the Backdraft Experience was you walk into this giant warehouse, and you're standing on this platform with, like, bulletproof glass between you and the experience. And then they said, okay, we're going to simulate what, like, a, a w- real warehouse fire would be like. And so you're standing there, and then stuff just starts exploding in front of you. And they got barrels flying across the warehouse, and you can feel the heat through the glass, and it's intense, but you're like, I'm cool, I'm behind this glass. And then they have this little moment where the platform you're standing on, they trigger it, and you drop like a quarter of an inch in the middle, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, and like it got real, real fast, because you think this is it, we're all going to die. And you know what was fascinating to watch when I'm there with my friends? In that moment, people just grabbed onto each other, because that, that's, what, that's what you did when you thought you were all going to die together. You're like, you're, we're going, I'm with you, right? But that, that, that's what loyalty does. So I'm, I'm holding on. I'm here. And I'm still here even when it gets hard. And I'm committed to this. Even when we're frustrated as hell with each other. I'm committed to you. Because I'm not walking out. And that's a gift you can bring to your relationships. That's the power of loyalty. When you're willing to bring that in to the equation with you. And then it says this other thing, kindness. Kindness is so important because kindness is all about consideration. Kindness is when you're willing to consider the other person in the relationship and what's good for them as you're figuring it out together. And and kindness is one of those words that it can kind of sound like a soft word, like, oh, that just sounds neat, whatever. Let me tell you, kindness Kindness is not a soft word. Kindness requires a great deal of strength and courage to actually be a kind person. Because what kindness actually requires is for you to get past yourself. Dare I say, get over yourself. Because you have to get past your frustration. Get past your way of doing it. Get past your offendedness. Get past your anger. And when you can do that, when you consider the good of the other person, it allows you to bring something that is of value to them. I'm not always good at this. I've had to learn this. Uh, Christy and I, we've been married 17 years now, and I thought I was an awesome catch. And then, uh, and then you get married and you realize, I am, a, I am selfish. <laughs> I do have problems. I think that's why God gave us marriage to help us figure out we need to grow. <laughs> And I, I remember um, at one point in our relationship, Chris and I, were, were, we were about to get into a conflict because it was going to involve a conversation around finances. I don't know if you ever fight over money. We're probably the only couple that ever has that problem in, in money bringing that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's like, you're all alone, buddy. Yeah. Something would happen for Christy and I when we would begin to engage in conflict, and she would cheat all the time because she would start to cry. Whenever we got into conflict. And I'm like, that is so not fair. Because now I'm the bad guy. 
Like, no, you can't do that. So I was like, okay, I, I had this brilliant thought. And here was the thought. I'm going to preempt the conflict by inviting Christy to fight better by asking her to fight more like me. Do not do this. But I remember we sat down together and I was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to need to talk through some things. And I know it gets a little intense, but you know what would be so helpful is if you could be more like me right now and not cry. Because when you cry, it just makes me feel like I'm the bad guy. And, and God has given me an incredibly wise, strong woman to do life with. And she just looked at me and she said, Joel, if I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. Like subtext, deal with it. <laughs> and yet there, there was a suddenly in this realization, I realized what I was doing was I was imposing something on her instead of letting her be her. And that was, with the best of intentions, I was being incredibly unkind. Kindness was actually saying, can you just be you so I can be me? Like your, your tears are not an indictment against me. They're, they're actually your investment in us. So your tears are actually a gift to this conversation. And learning how to, to bring kindness in is to say, what, what do I need to bring to let you be you so we can work on this together? And that's not easy. That's incredibly hard. And yet part of the reason that loyalty and kindness can be so powerful, if we bring these into the equation, is that they help us take responsibility in the relationship. They actually help us take responsibility for the one person we're responsible for. Guess who that is? Okay, guess who that isn't? It's like we think, it's, but that's where we focus so much of our time and effort, right? We focus on them because we got to fix them. And yet, here's, here's just, this is for free. You can't control them. You, you, you can't control them. You can't change them. But you can have incredible influence toward them. And actually begin to change the dynamic of the relationship. Which is why I love the wisdom of this proverb. Because it says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. And it says, tie them around whose neck? Your neck. And write this deep within whose heart? Your heart. Don't tie it around their neck. Don't get out the, the knife and tie it into their heart. Put this into your life. And then watch what happens. And yet learning the new math of conflict, it takes time. It takes a lot of practice. And it takes power. And, and so I just want to invite you this week to gear up for the holidays. And to take, take some time this week to practice this. Try, try seeing what God has for you. And I want you to maybe think of one relationship that you, you could begin to move towards to work for peace in. And I want to just encourage you, ask yourself two questions and then one prayer because it's going to take practice and power. And so here would be the two questions to ask as you think about this relationship. The first question would be this. How can I commit to fighting for peace in this relationship? Because that's really the, the loyalty question. And that, that's a question that challenges me when I want to bail to say, like, no, maybe I need to just lean in and be willing to engage even if it's not comfortable for me because this is worth fighting for. And then here's the second question to ask yourself. How can I consider them by showing kindness toward them? Like, what, what can I do to help bring to the table, to help in this situation? How can I consider what maybe they need in this conversation that we're trying to work together in? And then pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Jesus, give me 
your peace so I have the power to work for peace in this relationship. Because he's good like that. And I, I don't know where you're at in your journey of God and Jesus and discovery of faith, but let me tell you, anyone can pray this prayer, even if you're not even sure if he's real yet, because best case, our worst case scenario, it's not going to hurt. Best case scenario, it could change your life. And just see what he has for you. And let him surprise you as he does his work in you. And gives you things that will change your life in other relationships. And then watch what can happen. And watch what can happen when you tie these things around your neck. And you write them deep in your heart. Watch as you can gain favor with God and others. As he shows you a way to do conflict that helps. And can I pray for you right now? Yeah. Father, I just want to say thank you that that you don't give up on us, that that you went to bat for us, that your your love for us was reckless, and and you entered the fray to fight for us. And Jesus, you come into the story because you want to give your peace to us. And so would you would you help us? Because we need that. Would you help us to have peace in life so we can learn to share it in the relationships around us? And and so this week as we're gonna Attempt to work on this. Be a part of the story because we need you. And thank you that you want good for us. And so let us lean in together to see what we can find. To know that we have something better than just hurt and pain. You've got good things for us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.